Devin Wiles Taylor Harding Devin Wiles Taylor Harding Devin Wiles Taylor Harding Devin Wiles Taylor Harding Hey, let me tell you something. This is Living Large and Hard. Let me tell you something else. You're the listener. All right. As you can hear from the traffic, we're up here in the skybox. And this is part of an ongoing series called Brushes with Fame. Now, I'm not one to be Star Truck. Star Truck? Star Struck. Even someone from Star Trek. Um, but I have run into more famous people than most people. Some may not be famous to you, but they were famous to me. Um, others that you may have thought are famous, I passed right the fuck by because I had no idea who they were. What do you think of that? It all, none of it matters. Not really. So anyway, I'm doing a bunch of these, um, kind of breaking them down in different categories. Now this one is... I would say, in my mind, quintessentially New York people I'd run into. Uh, not going to see them anywhere else out and about. Not happening. And where did I see them, you, you might ask? Yeah, New York. Anyway, um, I was waiting for someone who was using the restaurant. I believe it was Brooks again. Brooks as mentioned in a different one when we saw um, morally safer looking sadly and uh, staggering like a bag lady but uh, Brooks was in using the men's room in Grand Central Station downstairs you know by the food court you know that one yeah and um, I looked off to my right and I saw this very dapper gentleman with a fedora and a tie and a trench coat and it was Gay Talese and he wrote a fairly famous book called Honor Thy Father. And he was also a longtime writer for Esquire before Esquire just turned into a piece of garbage lad mag and also The New Yorker. So that was pretty cool. I thought, you know, I thought that was interesting to see him. I don't, I don't know where he was coming. I guess, you know, he has an office in the city, I think. He's one of those that is a, those writers that gets dressed up, those old school writers. They actually get dressed up and go to an office to sit and write and then also have a home. So anyway, wasn't expecting to see Gay Talese ever. Didn't really even know he was alive. So that was kind of like a double shock. Um, another time... Downtown, of course, because this is a definite downtown person. Saw somebody with a uh, pretty cute little dog and always gets my attention. Gets most people's attention seeing a cute little dog. And this person wasn't necessarily that cute, but it was Sandra Bernhardt, who I've been a big fan of, like, forever. She used to be on Letterman all the time. Um, she was in the movie King of Comedy. See her running around in her underwear with Jerry Lewis. And she was on Roseanne quite a bit. Uh, I was a fan of Roseanne off and on towards the end. I thought it got not worth watching, so I kind of quit. But I know she was on there. Mostly she's known for doing a New Year's Eve show at Joe's Pub. 
in the public theater um, in downtown, which I've I've been to a couple times to see Murray Hill. That's been it would have been a three-year tradition, but didn't happen this year because of it was our our year of the COVID 2020. So there was no Christmas show with Murray Hill. Been to that two years in a row, and always fun. I mean, the crowd is stoked. Murray is is Murray. Murray is a drag king. Been in the business a long time. Um, I would throw a link up. Did he? They did a few things for MTV. That's about all it's there. That's not real like shitty, grainy, shaky video, you know, off somebody's phone. Um, but a well-known New York figure in the alternative scene. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, it was Sandra Bernhardt walking her dog. And like I said, known for doing New Year's Eve show, which didn't happen this year at Joe's Pub where I've been to see Murray Hill, which I'll get to in a minute. Now, another person that I would um, consider quintessentially New York is Curtis Sliwa. Uh, he was the founder of the Guardian Angels. And when I saw him, he was still had his Guardian Angels hat on. And I, I don't think, I don't know what if they're still around or not, but... 1979, he started the Guardian Angels, which were like a, a citywide neighborhood patrol, New York City, because crime was so bad. And they were alternately scorned by the police and lauded by citizens, um, which, I, you know, I thought was pretty cool that people would take it upon themselves to fight crime and not be superheroes. They did have a uniform, a t-shirt, and, and a red beret. And I saw Curtis Lewa again. Well, that's New York. You know, even if people notice someone, they're not going to really do anything. Uh, it was on the, the one platform, number one uptown platform in Penn Station. Man, that thing, on top of being a loud station platform, it's always hot. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You could be there on the coldest day of the year. If you want to get warm, you go down to the one, the one platform, Penn Station. And um, so I was there. I was there with uh, a bunch of people. We were doing the Tough Mudders city version of their Tough Mudder called the Urban Mudder. Now, this is something that they had planned on doing in six different cities. This was the first one. And I got together eight people and a couple, uh, seven other people and a couple of observers. We had a team. And man, it was very poorly run. It was a very poorly run event. And they only did the one in New York City, so I'm glad we went and did it that time. But there was a lot, a lot uh, there was a staggered wait time to get in, like at all these things. But the wait was pretty much interminable. Good thing there was a bunch of us because we could keep ourselves amused. And um, yeah, it was just a total cock up. They did something. They uh, were going to mail out. No, I could go and pick up everybody's packets, is what it was. And then they changed it at the last minute that everybody had to go and go to this hotel and pick up their own packet. And the hue and cry over this bullshit 
was uh, tremendous because they immediately said, no, never mind, we're not going to make you do that. Because I said, look, I got seven other people and there's no fucking way that they can all get there on a, like a weekday afternoon until seven or some shit. And I go, it's not happening. And a lot of other people said, yeah, it's not happening. So I went and got all the packets myself. But anyway, uh, our team was the pansexual schnapps droppers. Had t-shirts. I still got mine somewhere in here. Um, I was my, one of my alters, my alter egos is Black Cherry, a gorgeous Nubian woman. So I was Black Cherry. I had a black sequined cap that I found in a grocery store on a rack for like $10. So that way, because I'm inordinately tall, the team could keep track of me as we moved through the crowds, at, like in Penn Station and New Jersey Transit, the, the station there. So they would follow me with my, with my sequin cap sparkling in the fluorescent lighting. And if it came time as we were moving to turn, I would take my cap off and motion left or right, and we would all file left or right. Like my little ducklings, my little pansexual schnapps dropping ducklings following me. We stopped for a bathroom break at the train station in, uh, we got in from New Jersey, in Penn Station at the New Jersey Transit Terminal, which is in Penn Station. And um, when I came out and I was waiting for people to come out and there, a kid came out with his dad and said, did you see what their shirt said? And the dad said, yeah, let's go, come on. I don't know what upset them about pansexual schnapps droppers being in the bathroom, but they were a little riled. So I was Black Cherry, and we all had our names on there. There was a little man, a little transsexual uh, dude, who was a dudette. The Gaber, who gets mentioned occasionally in these podcasts. My neighbor from across the street, who was, well, is, gay. Zelda Spoontang, a co-worker. I actually got their name on the scoreboard at one of the hockey games in front of 8,000 people. Not her real name, but the name Zelda Spoontang for her birthday. And uh, the person that did that for me in the, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms organization pretended that she was not the one that did that. Because when I asked if it, could be, if it could happen, she said, oh yeah, sure we can do that. I go, you know what Poontang is, right? She said, oh yeah. So it happened, and then it came up in a meeting and said, now who okayed that? And she, she kept mom on that. So Zelda Spoontang. There was Nemesister, uh, who was my work wife for a while. We started out really disliking each other, and then we ended up being, being good pals, good work pals. Um, Puckhead, who, who I ended up afterwards calling 100% Puckhead because he cleared every obstacle. I muffed a couple, but uh, he made them all. There was P.P. the Fruit Fondler. And he was like uh, Zelda Spoontang's bitch. <laughs> he was Zelda Spoontang's uh, bag man. So whatever she wanted. You know, my nose is running. Oh, let me look at that for you. Let me look that off your, off your face. Um, and there was Obi-Wan Peyote. So that was our team. And... There were people on the street that really thought our shirts were cool, especially the drunk homeless people. Well, I guess all they zeroed in on was the word schnapps, but anyway. So yeah, that was clear, uh, Curtis Lewa 
in his jaunty red beret walking on the one platform. And I had mentioned Murray Hill. And uh, the first time that I saw Murray Hill was at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Uh, good venue. Not, not big at all. It can't hold more than a few hundred people. I saw the neon voodoo glow skulls there. Saw Courtney Barnett there, who, I'll, who I will mention in a separate episode about music encounters. And um, right across the street is a Momofuku milk bar, which is the first one I ever went to because I had time to kill before a show. And they make these fan-fucking-tastic cookies. And the coffee's pretty good, too. So, oh, you hear that scratching? That's Sophie the cat trying to get out of here. So she's going to have to wait. Um, all right. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit pause and let the cat out while she scratches her paws on the door. So all that, and uh, go to open the door, and, and being a cat, not a dog, what she do, she runs away. So anyway, Murray Hill. So this was the Miss Les L-E-Z competition, where women, I think they were all women, um, compete to be Miss Les L-E-Z. And this was ended up being the final one. So again, I mean, people, if you're going to go do things, go do things. You don't know if that might be the last time. So Murray came out and did their opening number, Murray the Drag King. And I was standing up front, which I tend to do. And I have a bald head, which I tend to do. And Murray came up and took their handkerchief and buffed my head, which I thought, during the opening number, which was great. And um, then... During the competition, he saw the Gaber and I stand there. He goes, he goes, what's up with you two Republican-looking motherfuckers? And we just laughed, laughed. And he goes, uh, either of you gay? And the Gaber raised his hand. And then and he goes, you're straight? And I went, yep. And he goes, the gays and the straights together for the lesbians. And people clapped, and I kind of took a bow. And he goes, he goes, fuck you and your hetero bullshit. Oh, I thought that was fantastic. Um, so anyway, there's the Miss Les competition, and they had different, uh, there's like, uh, you know, costumes, musical numbers, talent, and uh, it was just, it was such a good time. Uh, one of the judges was the, the person from El Tigre with the mustache, I don't know if you know the band El Tigre, and the lady from Bikini Kill was in that band for a short amount of time. I guess, I don't know if they did anything beyond one album, and there's only one song. So that was one judge, Michael Musto, who was a long, long time correspondent with the Village Voice writer, mostly about the downtown beat and parties and things like that. Nightlife and gossip, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, Mary Cherry, Williamsburg's famous nouveau drag queen. They were the... They were the uh, the judges for this thing. So afterwards, well, right when the thing ended, I was hanging out. Uh, I think we were just talking about how much we enjoyed the show. And Mary Cherry was right there, and they dropped their hat, their little tiny, <laughs> their pillbox hat. So I, I picked it up and said, excuse me, uh, you dropped this. And they said, oh, aren't you a gentleman? And I said, well, and there's Sophie again. And I said, well, I certainly can be. 
And um, so, yeah, that, that only happens in New York, that you pick up Mary Cherry's pillbox hat off the floor and hand it to them at a Miss Les competition. And then we got outside, and there's Michael Musto unchaining his bicycle from the bike rack. You know, we're getting ready to walk to the L train to get back to Manhattan. And there's Michael, and man, is he fucked up. Because even Murray Hill said at one point, he goes, the entire judging staff is wasted. So he was, he was quite drunk and unchaining his bike. And I walked by, I said, good night, Michael. And he said, good night, drive safely. It's New York, nobody drives. Um, <laughs> and we continued on our way. Anyway, there you have it. These are, like I said, these are things, these are things. These are encounters that I think, I mean, I know they're only going to happen in New York City, which is great by my brothers because I love New York City. Anyway, this is Brushes with Fame, NYC edition, and coming to you from the skybox high above Allentown, Pennsylvania, Route 309 right outside that you can hear. We're going to listen to some of that traffic on the way out. Living Large and Hard on Instagram, Living Large and Hard on Facebook, where I will throw up links to different things, I'll let you know, um, that I'm going over. I already did that with one of the other episodes that I've done with Brushes with Fame, and uh, some of the ones coming up, I'm definitely going to throw a lot of links up there. Uh, you can get a hold of me through the Facebook, through the Instagram, through SoundCloud, through whatever you listen to. Uh, if you know me, text me, any of that shit. I appreciate feedback. Thanks for listening, and here's that traffic, and I'm going to let this goddamn cat out of here. <laughs>